again. Greetings all you dirty heathens out there in the wastelands of modernity. This is Hyperborean Radio Uncensored. And uh, yeah, we're here to uh, fuck some shit up today. I'm Celtic God. With me is the Lore Keeper. Um, make sure to share us around and all that good stuff because uh, otherwise nobody's going to listen. Yes, and today, well, we're going to let loose a bit. We're going to take off our mittens and kid gloves. And I'd like to start by pointing out one of the things that we never really talk about, and when we do talk about it, we tend to shit all over it, is the Indo-European hypothesis. Why? Because it's unproven and people are basing their entire spiritualities around this, specifically incorporating elements of Hinduism. Now, this is important through the Vedas. Now, this is important because, first of all, the Vedas, while they claim that they're 5,000 years old, they're probably less than 2,000. And number two, Hinduism itself is just a variety of tribal traditions, much like Europe was, not a singular complete tradition like people want to represent it as. But the overarching elements of Hinduism, which are basically universalist in much the same way the Roman Empire was in its late stages, effectively treats all gods as just aspects of Brahma. And I don't mean all Hindu gods. I mean all gods, period. That includes our gods, that includes the Mesoamericans' gods, the Japanese gods. Every god is Hindu by the Hindu standards. And we've been able to corner some supposed folkish Hindus before into admitting they don't buy the Indo-European thing. But then they backtrack because then they realize that they just outed themselves as trying to convert people to Hinduism. And it annoys me that our own people cannot see that this is being done. If you want to be Hindu, be Hindu. Just like if you're going to be Christian, be Christian. I can't personally make you do anything. This, there's a video game out there called Smite. And in this game... Basically, you can play as many different deities that fight. You know, one of those games, like Fortnite or whatever. But there was a, a bit of a controversy around the Hindus because they didn't like that their gods, specifically Kali, which is a goddess that didn't really show up until like less than 2,000 years ago, at least in any level, Agni, which is a fire god, and Vimana, who is whatever the heck that thing is. I think it's another one of those... Avatars or whatever. But uh, in response, the CEO of the company that owns that game had this to say. Smite includes deities inspired from a diverse and ever-expanding set of pantheons, including Greek, Chinese, Egyptian, and Norse. Hinduism, being one of the world's oldest, largest, and most diverse traditions, also provides inspiration toward deities in our game. In fact, even Hinduism's concept of a single truth with multiple physical manifestations one could validly interpret all the gods within Smite to be Hindu, and all gods outside of Smite as well. Ponder that for a minute. Anyway, going forward, Smite will include even more deities, not fewer. This is the method the Hindus have always used to get converts. It's just like how the Christians would say, oh, that's not a god, that's a saint, or that's not God, that's the devil, or you just have the wrong name, it's the same as our god, or it's just Jesus under a different name. It's the same tactic, 
and everyone's falling for it. And the reason that we finally decided we have to smack this around is now they're going for the children. And if you even want to toy with this, here's my question. Do you think our ancestors were like every single time they talked about Thor, they then incorporate a little asterisk saying actually Indra? What sort of mental person are you? Or something that we're seeing now. Thor, Asterix, also Perun, also Donar, also, also, also. That's actually part of why we fight this so hard is one, there's no evidence of this Asterix is also the same as there's only one reason to do that. And that is to get other people to worship your God. There's a simple freaking way to test for it. When somebody is telling you, Thor is the same as Perun, insist on calling Perun then Thor and see what the reaction is, or vice versa. Or Odin is the same as Vishnu, although I've seen them try to say Odin is the same as half a dozen Hindu gods. Always insist on calling when they're talking about Vishnu. Oh, yes, yes, I understand, Odin. Oh, yes, yes, I understand, Odin. So use your own names and watch them lose their shit. I, I, I've had the same experience with Christians with, oh, yes, your, your, your tribal god that you follow is actually the same as our actual god. So then I started calling their god, Tyr, and he, he started losing his shit. And he's like, oh, well, actually, you know, it's just the same as, as Jesus. So I started calling Jesus, Tyr. And then he lost his shit and took a swing on me. It's a conversion trick. They are trying to get you to worship their deities. Well, and what you did was you flipped it on them. Instead of you starting to treat your God as that one, you're like, oh, oh, if that's the case, then you are doing it really wrong. Here's how Tyr actually is. And then you start ruining their crud and it shows that they're full of shit. They just want you to do it because it's a lot easier for them to control you if Perun is the same as Thor. If Perun, Zeus, Thor, and Indra are all the same, they just teach you Indra and say, oh, you, but you have the corrupt traditions. And that's always what they present the European traditions as, the corrupted traditions. Right, exactly. So com just the, the more effective means is rather than arguing with them, agree with them, but flip what they're saying upside down. Oh, okay, I see. So Vishnu is just like Thor. So when he rides around in his chariot pulled by the, uh, by the goats... And he eats both of his goats every day and they come or every night and they come back to life in the morning and Vishnu's hammer and do that and watch them just come freaking unwound. It's just a conversion tactic. And then there's, there's a lot more to this topic, but this is, we're starting off with this because it's kind of like the door kicking the door open into all the other bullshit that leads them to this position of trying to take control and take your deities away from you. Yes, and people are serving up our gods and our people on a silver platter. You want to see an obvious instance of how not us they are? Look at their gods. Look at Krishna, for instance. And if you're fucking Hindu, enjoy your gods. I don't care. But we're not, really we're, not, we're not you. And here's the thing. Krishna is so effeminate that I thought it was his wife for the longest time. I mean, he's depicted like just like a woman who has mosquito bites for tits. He doesn't, he looks like a chick. 
Oh yeah, I, I remember talking to some Hindus and they was basically they was warming up into the conversion shit and they were showing me their masculine war gods. And I, I'm standing there patiently waiting as they're showing me these pictures. And I'm like, okay, those are some some pretty goddesses, I guess, but where are the gods? And man, they got angry. This is the height of masculinity. I'm like, where's the beards? Where's the muscles? They're built like girls. This one over here even has breasts. How is that masculine? It's absolutely ridiculous. And then they use all these language connections. Don't just simply let your eyes fuzz out and look and be like, oh, okay, yeah, there's a lot of words there. They are all the same. I get it. Actually look at the words. Force your mind to focus and look at the words and ask yourself, do these actually seem the same? And they change the rules on how these on how the linguistics work because sometimes they'll rely on spellings. Well, these words are spelt the same. They mean something different. Um, but you can see that there's a cognate there because they're spelt the same. Or they'll rely on... Um, uh, phonetics. Well, they sound the same. So therefore they are the same and they might even have similar, similar meanings. Although again, quite frequently they mean completely different things like night and night. It's the same phonetic thing means two completely different things. And then there's another version. Uh, uh, the Lord keeper just held up his hand and I forgot what I was going to say, but there's a, a third thing that they do and they will, they will go between these um, however, it suits their argument at the moment, and they never hold to a single rule. No, I remember that some Hindus brought their guru to try and convert you, and you by the end you basically said, "Well, if yeah, he ran away because you knew enough about their own rules to basically be like, okay, if your rules are correct, give me all your stuff, because your blonde blue eyes, and supposedly, well, the blue eyes thing specifically." Blue eyes and the white skin. Blue eyes and light skin. So therefore, you are you outrank them, and you're supposed to you're supposed to if you ask, even if the person's a Brahmin, get all their free shit. You want to frick with these uh, supposed Dravidians that want to argue the Indo-European theory? Those of you out there, especially those with blue eyes, because they cannot deny you. They're not supposed to if they're devout. They're not, if they're devout, they can't deny you. Ask for their shit. It's yours by their own religion, supposedly. But here's a fun fact: is Blue eyes are not unique to whites. They're unique as a very common trait in the, the starburst pattern. The other races occasionally get them, though oftentimes it makes them blind. But not with the starburst. Not with the starburst. Blue eyes. They're rare, and a lot of times it comes with genetic defects like blindness. But they do happen. So when another culture has born with blue eyes, it's sort of like if we have an albino. It happens. It's just not very common. But, yeah, that guru, he... he uh... He panicked when I told him to give me all of his money. And by the way, I like your shirt. I would like that too. And those are some fancy pants. I can't wear them, but my kid could use them. Uh, cough those up too. Yeah, he panicked and ran away. That's not what that. That's not what at all what that means. But that's exactly what you told me. So this is what that means. I am sitting at the top. You are not. You are less white than I am. I mean, you're brown. Give me your stuff. These are your rules. And he ran away, physically ran from me. And the, the best part was I did, it was in front of all the Hindus because they pulled that typical thing 
of, oh, well, you need to talk to our guru. You need to talk to our priest. You need to talk to our expert. They will set you straight into thinking just like I do because I wasn't smart enough to ask any questions. And this is the main theme we want to talk about here is we are not here to pat you on the head. We are here to tell you the things that you need to hear. I know a lot of people want to go along with the Indo-European thing. It's sparking off the new age thing. It's easier. And you don't have to fight. You, you, you don't, don't have don't, to fight. Don't agree. No, you don't just don't have to agree. And here's the thing is, if you understand the gods enough, it's not even remotely a thing. It's like, just look at an actual European, one that was not one of these like cut bodybuilder fuckboys. But people, guys that actually do stuff, the gruff, burly guys that actually go out and do stuff, the beautiful country wife that actually has to go around the house and do stuff and has that beauty that you get from actually living life and working, not just being... You want spirituality, do something. You want spirituality, do something. That's the core of it. We all have our own little rituals and we have big celebrations like Yule, like Halloween, like Easter, like Midsummer. We have these big community celebrations, but then there's just the smaller rituals and there's no regiment to it. You don't wake up every day and hail the sun. You can, but there's no written rule that says you have to. There's no vespers. There's no evening prayer. None of that stuff. You can do pretty much whatever means something to you. And then there's typically broader cultural traditions in the holidays. Well, our rules are really very simple. Live a good life. Live a noble life. That's pretty much it. Live a good and noble life. That, that doesn't mean cast away all your money and live in poverty. It also doesn't mean hoard money selfishly and, and I don't know, own six private islands. It doesn't mean either of these things, but just live a good life, be noble and live a life that inspires others. That's really all that we have to do. All the other things are extra, even knowing the stories. You don't have to know all the stories. Actually enjoy the stories. If you enjoy the stories, you'll learn more of them. Learn how to ask questions. Very important. Very important. Learn how to ask questions. And that's not asking questions simply for the sake of arguing. That's ask honest to goodness questions, but ask good questions. And I've given many examples of bad questions and good questions. So if you don't know, start asking the right questions and you will learn. Well, and something I'd like to bring up, as insane as it is, is there's two gods in the Norse pantheon that they don't have translations for effectively. Well, there's actually many. Many of the Norse gods, they can't translate their names. Norse being from the Eddas. Yes, yeah, specifically the Eddic uh, tradition. But two of the ones we've actually, uh, people have pointed out before that there are translations, but not in the Norse language. That's the interesting bit. Uh, Loki can translate to one of the nicknames for the bear, in Lithuanian, but I don't personally think that that's probably what Loki's name means. I think that's probably just a quirk of language. Same with, you can find Odin, the, the word, in an old Slavic word for, I think it was like an ancestral, gr like first grandfather. It's, a, it's an old name. It basically means like an ancestral figure, not specifically a deity. And that's if you're willing to go into different languages for a god who's not even present in those traditions. 
because I don't, to the best of my knowledge, Loki does not show up in Lithuania. Not really. Nor is Odin in the modern day. Well, in the modern day, a lot of people try to shove Odin into the Slavic, but it's not really a thing. The reason I'm bringing that up is etymologically, I could try and argue that. I'm not going to because that's ridiculous. In many cases, we don't have translations for these names because they're really freaking old. Like, I have, I don't really doubt that, like, some of these names for gods, we've completely, we don't have a good translation for them. In many cases, we don't. Why? Because they're too old. The language moved on, but we kept the god's name, which should actually be kind of a sign that they haven't just transitioned over time. Well, and another issue with this, Indo-European, almost everybody will say this means indigenous Europeans. Okay, that's good because when I did some research into it, that's actually what it's supposed to mean. However, it also gets translated to meaning Indo, uh, Indonesian because of the Indo part, because indigenous is not spelled I-N-D-O. But Indonesian, okay, now we're talking. And that just, the, the Indo part, it just goes to show that it links to Hinduism. Sorry, Vedism, which is part of Hinduism. There's people that argue it's not. But the Hindus will dispute that with you. Yes. Yes, it is part of Hinduism. So what a lot of this theory relies on, and if you look at the, the theory itself, the hypothesis itself, because it's actually a hypothesis, not a theory, what it was developed for was to link the European languages to Hebrew. That's what it was originally intended to do, but they couldn't do that without going through Sanskrit. So then how do you link all this stuff together? They came up with this fallacious way of linking the languages together to get to the, the I believe it's called the Vedic Sanskrit, might be Sanskrit Veda. I think it's the Vedic Sanskrit, Vedic Sanskrit, which they can then turn around and link to Hebrew. Does, why does nobody question this? However, another portion of this is it relies on a singular tribe to start because a singular tribe which was began by one man and one woman. Does this sound familiar to anybody that ever went to Sunday school? One man, one woman started a tribe. This tribe then split into three. One tribe became the Europeans. One tribe just, fortunately, they died out because otherwise there'd be an actual link there. Um, and then you got the other tribe, which went to the Middle East and developed the Sanskrit. And then later, the Sanskrit evolved into Hebrew. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Don't question this. Don't ask any questions. Don't wonder about this. However, they dubbed this mystery Indo-European tribe as the Aryans. That's another pile of bull crap, which was admittedly a pile of bull crap by the guy that brought it up because in academia and um, science, you're supposed to play thought games. It's called the what-if game. And you play the game. What if this is true? What if this is not true? And try and fit the pieces together. And if it just doesn't fit, then you throw out that what if. And you keep doing this over and over and over again. However, somewhere along the lines, people forgot that it was a what if game. And they're like, ah, the Aryans. That's what Iran is named after. So on and so forth. So mentally, they put the Aryans right over by Iran. However, the guy that came up with it had it over by Northern Italy. What? Huh? Not to mention, if it's one tribe, 
one tribe that spreads out and by the way conquered all the european tribes and then whited them right up because the aryans were the whitest of the white that makes us an invasionary force into europe not indigenous europeans i will not give them this well not only that the way they describe it is they mix with the supposedly non-white indigenous europeans which some people will choose the Ainu as the original inhabitants, even though the Ainu themselves were whites that were in northern Japan who are now no longer white because they got admixed. But they're describing effectively that all of Europe is a bunch of mestizos, basically. Just happened to have more of the white than the not. And it's insane. And we're, we're native to nowhere. Yeah, they describe us as if we're native to nowhere. And here's the thing. A lot of these things, like someone will point out, well, what about the Yamnaya culture? One random feminist author postulated that at one point. Well, the Aryans, that was considered our great ancestors. Only by some weird occult groups that popped up in 1940s Germany. Based their work off from some dude that hypothesized an, an Aryan tribe because he is trying to make the Bible real, historically accurate. And he postulated it, I think it was 17th, 17th century is when he was postulating that. So... For anybody that gets confused with that, uh, 1600s, I think it was late 1600s, early 1700s, somewhere in, in that region, I think. I could be way off on that date, but I do know it was a guy and it was a hypothesis trying to prove the Bible real historically and why do we exist and why do we look different from the people that live in the Middle East. So this was his what-if game. Later... 1930s, 1940s, I think it was actually in 1930s when they picked up the whole Aryan thing. Somebody said, aha, we can use this. And if you look over in these other languages, it means noble. We are noble. We are the Aryan race, the superior race, which the Aryans were ever just a hypothesis. Actually, I, I hate to give the dude props. Varg's thing makes more sense that we're the we are the neanderthals and geneticists are actually starting to come out and say this that the reason why we only have so much genetic material in common with the the uh, the neanderthals it doesn't require interbreeding with anything it's called genetic drift so you can have one animal evolve into another animal without ever introducing another bloodline it's called genetic drift and it happens well, and two things. One, that whole hunched over caveman looking motherfucker that they call a Neanderthal, that's a misrepresentation. That's not what they look like. Number two. Well, he looked like that, but he was old and injured. Old and injured. And then on top of that, when you look at Neanderthals and they're like, well, look, this head's bigger than the, this normal one. Here's my question. Have you ever seen Eddie Hall's head? Now, what if you compare that to a teenager's head? Eddie Hall, Robert Oberst, uh, Brian Shaw. We have some really big heads. And number two. Okay, the human races. So, like, uh, we're going. Let's go with the Neanderthal was a distinct species that we evolved from. We have to have over ninety nine percent of our DNA in common with them, because if we have what was it like uh, ninety eight supposedly, if you average out all the races and you put us next to the bonobos, it's supposed to be like just a two percent difference. I don't buy that bullshit, but that's with a freaking chimp. And then a Neanderthal supposedly has, it would have to be even closer to a modern human. But then they can distinctly state that we have 10% of the DNA on average, in many cases way more, of Neanderthal DNA, us specifically. 
uh, methinks that's we're the same because genetically that doesn't that's not how this works you can't you can't have 99 point whatever percent in of dna in common and then have 10 percent distinct neanderthal dna that is not how dna works yeah and there's there's other things too like there are opinion pieces out there that you can read which are presented as if they are 100 percent fact and they will use names like the National History Museum, the UK National History Museum, down way low BBC. So it's a government, it's a government funded program to present this information. Just a second, I'll, I'll let you talk. But um, I was reading one last night because I got frustrated. So I started gathering stuff up about Neanderthals. And I read this one article and it's talking about the hyoid bone and the inner ear bones. Here's something that I'm going to let you know. And they was talking about how we are actually closer to the chimp than the Neanderthal because of the difference in the hyoid bone and the inner ear bone. These things they cannot know. They can't because these things do not get preserved in that way. They're too fine. The muscle tissue is more likely to be preserved than these two little bones. Mmm. The people that dig up the bones will even talk about this. They used to say that the Neanderthal was most likely deaf and couldn't speak because they couldn't find those bones because they're some of the first things gone. Typically, they're gone before they're, they're absorbed or not absorbed. Uh, uh, but the bacteria, when you die, has a tendency to eat those up even before the muscle tissue is gone. That's why they never find them. But yet they will present this information as if they, we've found this and we've compared them. No, they haven't. Well, and here's another thing to take into account is the BBC, the same people that have black Romans, black ancient Celtic tribes who try to claim that we were all originally magically black and just magically changed we blue. We were all basically Congolese. There's even a freaking TV show out there with the first Swedes and there's a blue-eyed black person on there to be the transitionary phase to the modern Swede. That's not how any of this works. And then, and then just, just, just as a cherry on top, we are trusting the BBC who made the Doctor Who show that destroyed a 50-year legacy. That is That shouldn't be the biggest sore spot for me, but that show is one of the single best things that has come out of Britain in the last 100 years. And I am not happy with what they did to it. They had probably the best pop culture archetype of a wandering god I have ever seen. And they were like, you know what this needs? Feminism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because... It was already diverse, except for wait. They they when they did that, they also claimed there was no diversity in Doctor Who. But that that's besides the point. They will for a lot of these the things that the experts let's loosely call them experts and very loosely put them in quotations or very tightly put them in quotations. They have to ignore so much information and they have to misrepresent things. They they really legitimately do. That's like most people think. These, these dinosaurs and these, all these ex extinct creatures, right? They have complete skeletons because that's how the information is presented. Look at the skeleton of this dinosaur that we have. And then, oh, if somebody asks, which one is the real bone? Well, there's no real bones in that one. We keep the bones in the back room. Oh, okay, well, which ones are the real ones? 
you know, which ones are actually modeled off from real bones. Well, you see that tooth up there on the, the left side of the jaw, way in the back? That's, that's modeled off from the real bone. The rest of it is scientifically extrapolated. What? And this is, I'm not making that up. It's not always the case, but they have actually gone that far. And they present it as fact. Well, my personal favorite is um, they can't agree. Like, it's generally thought that, like, uh, all the uh, dinosaurs were basically reptiles. They don't have any proof of that. In fact, there's disagreement on whether or not they looked more like birds, reptiles, or mammals. And the simple answer is they don't know. And there's nothing wrong with not knowing. There's nothing wrong with extrapolating information. Just explain. This is, this is our best guess. And don't ignore information just because you don't like it. Look into the information and see if it's valid. Is there any validity to it? Yes. Okay. Well, now we're going to incorporate that. Is it pure guesswork? Okay. It's pure guesswork. We're going to push that off on the side and basically ignore it until it becomes valid. Because sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. So all these language connections, I would be willing to use them if they were valid. But I go to actual linguists. I, I've, I'm not a linguist. Do not misunderstand me. I am not a linguist. But I have read and listened to actual linguists talk about how language works. What they do to create this Indo-European hypothesis, nonsense. It's a fallacy. They don't follow even their own rules, let alone the rules of language. But languages, languages have a tendency to diverge over time. They also have a tendency to converge over time. And such things as proximity, trade, war. There's all kinds of things that can pull in foreign, completely foreign words and cause a language to completely shift. They don't have to be the same people. They're ignoring all of these rules that the linguists themselves are saying, yeah, it's not a thing because we cannot know. For one, there's no written, written source for this supposed Indo-European language that people are now espousing as if it is fact. They're building a religion around it. These are the Indo-European gods, and these were their stories. Where are they getting, getting these from? They're pulling them out of their asses and usually heavily from the Hindus, which the Hindus, of course, they're good with it because now you're becoming Hindu. Uh, the, you keep doing this for a while, and then they'll step up and be like, oh, yes, yes, you, you are very good Hindu. However, you are doing this wrong. Come with me. I will show you the correct way. We have the world's oldest book at 6,000 years old, which is not even, it, it's never been proven to be 6,000 years old. They handed off one of these books that's supposedly 6,000 years old. Turns out it's less than 1,000 years. And then they're like, oh, well, we can't give you the actual book because you see, it's most sacred. Uh, no, and we can't let you look at it. And a couple of experts snuck in and look at, looked at the thing. They end up getting kicked out of, out of India. They was almost freaking executed just for looking at it. And they noticed the language was about 1,600 years old and the paper was wrong because it was on paper. Yeah, does no one realize that um, books are not that old? They're not like, books were not even in ancient Rome. They didn't exist in, like even paper scrolls didn't exist in ancient China. I mean, 
is no one double checking this? Well, you see, they have 5,000-year-old ancient writings. No, they don't. What they have is a local native tradition of oral storytelling and many different folk traditions. They don't have some sacred text that's thousands of years old. Any more than um, a modern translation of the Odyssey is an unchanged version of a thousand-year-old story. And that's just the Odyssey, which people admit was from a period of time where things were changing, like Achilles. Many people point out that he may have actually been a, uh, what was it, like a water sprite, kind of, uh, basically a god. Uh, some people even point out that he may have been a god of the dead at one point. Because the Greek pantheon is actually one of the most obvious examples of gods getting shoved together or or uh, made into heroes. Because there are heroes that become gods, but there's also gods that were made into heroes. Achilles and Orpheus are two notable ones. Uh, but you also have a lot of deities that got shoved into the bigger deities, like Artemis, for instance. There were a lot of hunting goddesses in that region, and they all got shoved together. And here's one of my biggest pet peeves is Greece is a bunch of islands and some small land areas next to it. But for some reason, all of Germany... Uh, England, a good chunk of the Alps and France and even Poland, and then all of Scandinavia had the same pantheon. What? What? Uh, and to top it all off, Artemis is one of the goddesses that is most likely originated as a bear goddess. So this whole, and the reason she has the lunar association is because she started to replace the cult of Selene. Same with Apollo replacing the cult of Helios. They weren't originally a sun and moon goddess, gods. And if they were, they had some serious competition. Well, and then there's, there's other things too. Like, okay, how often have we said the gods are not the most important thing to our people and should never be? However, with these universalist religions, they always do that. They put the gods up top. You must know about the gods. You must know their stories. You must absolutely revere them. You must do this thing and this thing and this thing. And don't forget to wave your fancy stick and wear your fancy hat while you're doing it. Because all these universalist religions, they all have fancy hats and fancy sticks. Wrap your brain around that for a freaking second. It's true. I mean, think about it. They all have fancy hats and they all have fancy sticks. You don't need the fancy hat and you don't need the fancy stick. And the gods come somewhere around third, fourth, maybe even fifth. We put the people first. You don't need to know all these stories. What you need to do is be noble, be brave, be strong, be courageous, be wise. All this wraps up, uh, the, the strength, courage, and wisdom wraps up to help nurture nobility. It doesn't make nobility in and of itself, but it is a big push on the same way. Yes, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, well, anyone is going like, well, we did have staffs. Look at, yes, but you want to know what our staffs were? They weren't just, they were, they were sticks. They were sticks. Uh, for a lot of the women, those supposed staffs were distaffs so they could spin. Or uh, what about the staffs that guys had? Walking sticks and spears for self-defense. It's, I mean, we even had the shillelagh in uh, after Christianization, which was a walking stick that doubled as a bash your head in stick. Yeah, and a lot of this other stuff, it comes in or misunderstandings come in after universalism grabs hold and everybody starts getting freaking weird and transcendental. And here's the thing, the, the Hinduism, sorry, not the Hinduism, the Vedas, which is part of Hinduism, and I'm going to keep saying that. Anybody that says that the Vedas have has nothing to do with Hinduism, they're lying to you 
or they just don't know. They, they don't care enough that they ever looked. The Hindus claim it, and it is actually a Hindu book. When you look it up, it is part of the Hindu library of books. So it's Hinduism. It is because they claim it and because everyone says, yes, it is. So it is. That's the way that it works. That's why we're fighting so hard against this nonsense is to keep our, our stuff separate, to give it back to our people the way it's supposed to be. But you see, with the, with the Hindus, you can unlock your 52 chakras. Fuck you. Well, you see, you can, the transcendental, the mind, spirit, body connection. Fuck you. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. It doesn't work that way. But the singular truth, I've got the singular truth. There is no singular truth. That is the only one truth. And I know it's a, it's a paradox. Oh my goodness. You're saying that there is no singular, singular truth, but you're giving a singular truth. Yes, it's a paradox. It goes through so many rules, including infinity. Yeah, it, that, we're going to have to do another show about that eventually and just talk about infinity so that people's eyes can cross and their brains can leak out their ears um, because that's a complex thing. But water always runs downhill. No, it doesn't. It also runs uphill. I can take you to places and show you where water runs uphill. All you got to do is find a creek, follow it far enough. You will find where water runs uphill everywhere. So the singular truth of water always runs downhill is not true. Rain always falls from the sky. Well, not always. There's places where you can go where it rains from the ground up. And then it moves and then it falls back down. So rain doesn't always fall down. Well, you see, that's not really rain when it's going from the ground up. Okay, now you're playing a semantic game because it is effectively doing the same thing as rain. It's falling or rising en masse in drops. You flip it upside down or you flip it the other way around, now you'll call it rain. But because it's going up, you're going to call it evaporation. What? Mm. Fucking with language. Fucking with language to make yourself look right when they're wrong. Fire is always hot. Well, that's subjective. Fire is not always hot. A you can have flame at, um, I think the, the coolest flame that you can have is like 130 degrees, 150 degrees, something like that. That's, it's considered a cool flame. It's subjective because what if you don't consider fire hot until it's 3,000 degrees where it can cut steel? It's, it's a subjective opinion at that point. Well, how hot is fire? Ask that question when somebody's like, well, fire is always hot because you yourself, CG, you're arguing semantics. Kind of. But ask somebody how hot fire burns. Fire is always hot. How hot is it? They don't have an answer for you because it's a subjective question. It's a subjective answer. This is the realities. There is no singular truth. The is there an infinity? Sure there is, but there's a lot of infinities. It's mathematical, mathematically provable that there are many, many infinities. There's an infinity between zero and one and an infinity between zero and point infinite number of zeros, one. There are many infinites. So coming to understand the infinite, it's black. No, that's the inside of your eyelids because it's blue because I'm going to believe death. Well, and here's another thing is this is not just confined to the Hindu. I'll, I'll use an example that we tend to oh, argue a lot. 
Oh, yes. But like, for example, Donner's Oak, everyone will tell me about Donner's Oak, except there is no Donner's Oak. There was Jupiter's Oak. They call it Donner's Oak because it was in Germany, but it was in an area of Germany that at that time had had substantial Roman influence and was also largely Celtic genetically. So there's many gods it could have been, including, in fact, Jupiter, because we have no idea how... Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then there's a uh, Donner. I'm gonna be honest. I have not found an old writing that mentions Donner. Thunar, yes. Thunar and Thor, yes. But Donner seems to be just another a name that's popped up more recently. Basically, trying to find out what thunder would be in Germany. I might be wrong, and that's another thing. I'm willing to admit. Occasionally, I'm. Looking. Yeah, I'm still trying to find out, but I'm putting that out there because that's not to say Thor wasn't in Germany or that he wasn't in England, because he certainly was in England. This is what I mean, though, is the Donner as a separate name that transitioned to the T to the D. We have I don't know if that actually exists because Donner's Oak is a modern translation of Jupiter's Oak. It wasn't called Donner's Oak. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like the Ermensil symbol. We don't know if it was actually associated with Ermin at all based on where it is. And all of these deities, it, combining them just because we don't have a lot of info on them. Like some people will say Saxnot is Tyr in his warlike aspect. Well, then why is Saxnot sh- not the name used for Tyr in Ragnarok when he's literally at war? Or maybe it's just a Saxon god, and since we don't have a Saxon Edda, someone tried to write a British Edda, which was oh, wow. quite possibly one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. They, they combined Thor, King Arthur, and Adam. They, they were just going full hog on the Christian bullshit with it. But we don't know the exact pantheon, and there was hundreds of gods of the Anglo-Saxons across that, and some of them were native Celtic gods that they got the cults part of. And that's part of the beauty is we don't know. Like the Alsis. And it's okay to not know. Yes, there's many deities. All we have is a name. That doesn't just make them another name for a bigger deity. It just means, sadly, all we have is a name. And that's fine. Like the Alsis, which I just brought up. It was a twin deities. I actually have a beautiful idea. Find these, these deities where all we have is a name. And then put up a big monument for our people of the fallen deities and put those names down because that's all that we have. Honestly, I, fi- I think that'd be beautiful. They fell in service to us. This brings up something else because when people try to say, well, look what the Edda says, look what the Veda says, all of these books, because the Eddas too were written by Christians, all of these things, they will go in the direction of this book is the one truth. Why? Because for some reason, people believe randomness on the book from books. But here's something that I think really needs to be talked about, which is, and I've said it before and I want to say it here. If the Bible and the power scaling of how powerful supposedly Yahweh is and how and what he's done, he is the closest thing to evil that has ever existed. And he is ludicrously powerful. Like Sauron going toe-to-toe with Frodo is basically what we're asking here. And our gods willingly fight, not for themselves, for us against him. I would rather be on the losing side of supposedly weaker gods who are honorable, noble, and fighting a losing battle, self-sacrificing, and willing to do so to defend us. 
because they want to talk about how their stupid kebabbed God suffered for three days and then basically got to go to paradise where he's king of everything. And they want to talk about sacrifice and suffering. Our gods know it in spades because they've had to watch us suffer under this stupid, controlling, mind brainwashing religion for thousands of years while we call them demons. How painful do you think that was for them? And that is why we fight this nonsense so hard. Here's the thing is I will fight against somebody that's like, okay, the Indo-European thing, it's, it's crap. I don't buy into that at all. But I am telling you that Donner, Thunar, Perun, and Thor are all the same deity. I will argue with them. No, don't do this to our gods. Just don't. Why why is Thor not Thor enough to be just Thor? Why must he also be Thunar? Why must Thunar why why is why must he also be Perun? Why are they not enough as they are? Well, one thing I'm curious about is cuz a lot of people don't realize there was substantial Celtic admixture in Iceland where we have most of the supposed Norse religion from where the word substantial. substantial, where Tyr is supposedly supposed to mean God. But then why is Tyr not the modern word for God? There's not even a derivative of it. It is actually it's actually God, some derivation of God, which could be from others. But I'm curious, was the word for God actually tear because i've seen other people use the word uh as or ace like a seer like god so wait then which is the word for god are all these words for god because that gets a little bit more complicated and then how much of the modern norse eddas are a result of all these traditions coming together because it wasn't just the gaelic like irish and scottish people that were brought in to be the farmers and the fishermen and stuff it wasn't just the Scandinavians that came in and founded Iceland. It was others that they, they went a Viking with, which included Germans and Slavs and stuff like that. So what exactly do we have? We have a mishmash tradition written down by the aristocracy in Iceland, which is far removed from the rest of Europe. This is an interesting conundrum we find ourselves in, which is partly why I always trust the folklore more. You have to pick off some Christian crusts but you still get to a really good underneath. Well, and it's crazy because we don't even present ourselves as experts, but we've spoken to, to supposed experts. And then quickly, once we start talking to them, well, you see, I'm not really an expert in this. I'm not really an expert in that. Well, you see, I actually, I don't really know that much about those deities. I more study history. Okay. Start asking questions about history. They come off with something that's half-assed. Well, no, you see, you're right on the surface, uh, to which then I respond, you're right on the surface. But if you look in this direction right here, you can see that's just a misunderstanding. And when you go in a little bit deeper, you can see it's this other completely different thing. Well, you see, and then all of a sudden it changes again. Well, you see, I'm not really an, uh, a historian. I didn't really look into that period of history. I looked into this other thing. And then we chase them around in fucking circles and it turns out these experts are not fucking experts in anything. What the fuck? Or when uh, we, we've had them come to our YouTube channels because they was mentioned, just, just mentioned on the way by. Because, well, everybody brings up this guy and 
I'm saying this other thing over here. So then that guy shows up and then he's defeated with a single fucking question. But he's the expert. Everybody wants to put fucking forward. What the fuck? We're, uh, how, are, how are we able to run circles around all these supposed fucking experts when we ourselves say, yeah, we're not quite sure. We're not quite sure about this, but we know that thing there is bullshit because of this, these other 18 things that you're fucking ignoring that is out there for everybody to see that wants to see it. And we're not saying that you, the listener, have to know this stuff. As a matter of fact, we're making the exact opposite argument. We don't even care if you know this stuff. What we care about are people first. So don't be universalist. Love our people. Doesn't mean that you have to like them. Be noble. Live a good life. Actually do something. Get out. You know, you can listen to us and dig in the dirt at the same time. There's technology that allows you to do that. That's perfect. It don't get any fucking better than that. You don't have to be... Don't follow these experts blindly and do not follow us blindly. Question everything. Learn how to ask questions. They, they stop teaching in school how to ask questions. You're supposed to ask questions. In science, in acad- all forms of, of academia, and translations. They're supposed to question the, pre- the modern translators are supposed to question the translations of the people that came before them. And then go back over and fact check. This is the way it's supposed to be done. This is how we move forward. When questions stop being asked, we end up turning a sharp left and running face first into a fucking wall and falling on our ass. And that's what's happening right now. I want us to learn how to ask questions. Don't do not be afraid to ask questions, but don't do it just to, well, I ask questions. So I'm going to question why you're telling me to ask questions because I'm just, a, I'm such an individual thinker and you just told me to ask questions. What the fuck, man? Just sit down, sit down. You don't get it. Well, that's like, I had one guy that was trying to tell me Odin and the dog dog weren't the same. Were, were the same. They were arguing he was, they was the same. And then I pointed out reasons why this wasn't the case. I even started splitting Woden and Odin up because here's the thing is until like Wagner's plays basically, it was written that these were two separate deities. People considered them two separate deities. It's actually pretty noticeable because if you look at like the Saxon deities, like the days of the week, because that's their favorite go-to. They had stained glass made of. Was considered yeah. Different until yeah. What, 17, yeah. Like the one deity they were more that one deity they were more than happy. Well, two was Tyr and Thor. They were more than happy to say that like Tuesday and Thursday were that. But then Mani, they they took Mani, sure. But it doesn't fit because Mani, it's not Mani's day, it's Moon's day. And Moon was depicted as a female deity. And then they have, you know, Suna, who's female, but they also have Sana, who's a different deity. It's it's a whole thing, people. It's not as simple as people want it to be. And here's, here's the thing that I, I always run off of. Experts never agree. If someone tells you that experts agree, they're full of crap. It's like when people say four out of five dentists prefer... Uh, or prefer this toothpaste or this diner has the world's best coffee on a neon sign. It's meaningless. You will never know everything, even about a specific subject, even about a singular mythology in Europe. You can't know everything about a single plant, a single God. It is just not possible. And here's another thing that I want to say is I know enough to know when someone is being completely full of crap. I don't know enough 
to completely and utterly write an entire book right now on why they're full of crap. I will occasionally have to do that. I've got books that I'm starting to plan on basically tearing apart the saints, tearing apart six books. Yes. On a lot of books. Uh, I want to write one pulling down this Indo-European fallacy once and for all. And I want to do one that shows we are not a bunch of human sacrificers. They have no proof. Well, what about this guy that was buried with his plow? That shows that they killed the farmer at the end for a plow. No, they didn't. That shows that we human sacrificed evil Knievel then because he's buried with a fucking motorcycle. It's the same thing. It is literally the same thing. Well, what about all the people that got executed from the opposing side to the war god? It was execution of prisoners of war. We still do it. Yeah, because that's what I was going to say. There's all kinds of mass graves that we can go to, from prisons to military executions. That was done under Christianity. Human sacrifice. Christians, human sacrifice, because they even have priests oversee it. They have their, their books and their religious symbols. Oh, wait, so does Islam, so does Hinduism, so does any religion or ideology that's in control of a nation they by those standards they all do it human sacrifice everywhere everybody have a human sacrifice what the fuck they do it because they know our people are going to recoil and retract from that very notion why because it's not part of who we are we have no problem with executions what we have a problem with is human sacrifice we don't sacrifice people to gods we sacrifice people sacrifice to ourselves when when someone goes across a sea where they might supposedly fall off the edge of a planet of the world that's a sacrifice when someone goes into the mine and it collapses and we lose 50 people that's a sacrifice when someone dies in a submarine that breaks down because it wasn't made correctly that's a sacrifice when we go to war and we fight and we kill to defend our people, that's a sacrifice, but it's not to Tyr, it's not to Odin, it's not to Zeus. It is to the friends, family, the, your wife, your children, it is everyone you care about that it you are doing it for. It is a sacrifice of life for those you love. What would you be willing to sacrifice for those you hold most dear? Now wrap your brains around this. Human sacrifice had to be outlawed in Hindu regions in India, and I believe it was... I can't remember if it was 1950s or 1970s. I think it might have been outlawed in 1950s, but then they had to start enforcing it in the 1970s. Hinduism, yes. Human sacrifice in fucking Hinduism. Cannibalism. All these things that they accuse the Hyperboreans of, you can actually find in Hinduism. Human sacrifice, cannibalism, and they can say that they're not real fucking Hindus right up until you go and talk to the Hindu cannibals. Look on YouTube. There's that, that one dude, CNN reporter. Yeah. Um, ate, he had to eat a human brain or he was going to be eaten. And these were Hindu fucking gurus. It's still fucking happening. And we encounter primitives like the Aztecs. Yes, they had human sacrifice. It's blown way to fuck out of proportion from talking to some people that's descended from that. And they admit, yeah, we had human sacrifice, so on and so forth. We did it this way. We did it for this reason. And we did it this often. They're pretty freaking honest about it. Hyperboreans, no human sacrifice. None. How do I know? Because every one of us, except for our psychopaths, recoil at the very notion of it. And even those psychopaths, when they're like, we had human sacrifice. We need to bring it back. Okay, fine. Let's start with you and watch the fuckers piddle on the floor. 
Well, I'd like to say that similar does not mean the same. A thunder god and another thunder god are not the same just because they're associated with the rumbling of thunder. Thor's name is literally the rumbling of thunder. That is how you pronounce it. It is not an etymological link. It is a mimic of a natural sound. When you talk about how they've talked about these stupid fucking gurus in India that walk around covered in dirt and these are supposed to be their berserkers. That's a fucking pathetic old man who's scared shitless and needs a freaking bath. It's not the same as a berserker. Or what about the Jaguar warriors of the Aztecs? Those weren't freaking berserkers either. Just because they do something remotely similar does not mean they're even close to the same. Okay, so... That is another whole thing that we're going to end up having to get into eventually. But rant time over <laughs> uh, because we're at that time. So I'm going to tell everybody, thanks for listening. Make sure to share us around. Uh, hope We've been naughty, so we've lost our, our supporter, you know, the advertisements. We've lost that. So currently right now we are 100% listener supported. So if you can, toss, toss us a couple bucks so that we can get some better equipment and spread like a virus everywhere, like a, like an STD, give us to your friends, give us to your enemies, give us to everybody. Um, so yeah, until next time, don't keep your head down. Don't keep your mouth shut. Do keep your powder dry. Cause the shit's about to get real. And we all know it. And I'll simply say our gods are not something to be bought, to be sold, or to be handed over to the enemy, nor are our people. The gods are the divine wing of our family, and we are their family too. And they care about us, and I care about them. They may not be the most important thing, but I'm not willing to give them up simply because somebody whines about their kebabbed Jew on a stick or because somebody with a red dot on their forehead starts talking about the dharma. I don't care. Stay away from our gods if you're not us. They don't care about you. (laughs) 